In short, I will not miss Paul Pogba. I'm sure Paul Pogba won't miss United either. Finland are still a second seed. I think we're, we're a better team than Finland. I wouldn't fear them at all coming here. Subscribe now to the OTB Football Podcast stream wherever you get your podcasts and download the OTB Sports app. OTB AM with Gillette. Get into your flow with the new Gillette Labs Razor with exfoliating bar. So many critics, these pundits. I absolutely adore them, lads. I have unbelievable time for them, but they're a great bunch, but it's not acceptable. I'd like to play the hard man when, when they're on it. It's not very pleasant when you're trying to manage a team. All you're looking for is a bit of civility and a bit of decency, but they just dismiss you like, like you know, you have nothing to do with the bloody occasion. Will O'Callaghan is with us on the line, and Will, 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 we... Uh We'll get into the predictions in just a moment, but boy, oh boy, has chaos been raining around the country this week. The Hurling Roadshow goes on one night out and madness ensues, complete chaos ensues. One of the Hurling Pod's dear members almost dies on a night out. Have a look at this. Uh, for people uh, listening to us on the radio, I will describe this to you. So we've got CCC, I was almost going to CCCC, CCTV <laughs> footage of James Skell falling off a chair. Uh, the chair buckles underneath and look at him on the ground, pine still intact, most importantly. What happened, Will? You were standing across from him, laughing at him as he was on the ground, making no attempt whatsoever to, to aid your co-presenter. Yeah, well, the great part was uh, James Scale just kind of disappeared out of eyeline. We're in the middle of a conversation. Not sure exactly what point Scale was trying to make. Readjusting his chair ever so slightly. And next thing, all six foot four of pure muscle James Scale is on the ground. <laughs> but perhaps most impressively, and the main reason that I laughed was that Scale uh, was actually saying he still had it because he was able to keep his point entirely. Can we, can we take one more time just to like appreciate, if that's possible, just to appreciate the handling of goalkeeper, mm. of course, uh, James Scale here, uh, holding on to his point. So you can see, you can just see the back leg of that chair buckle. Look at those instincts. And then straight away like... Oh, pint. Where's the pint? There it is. There is very much a careful man. There's a beverage here in the Big Lebowski about that where he's like, you know, I'm having a bad day here, but like, careful, there's a beverage here. He just (laughs) held on to us. That is that's a, hell of, a hell of an effort. You must be proud as a as a Galway man, uh, Johnny. Yeah. You can still do a job, do a job as we can potentially. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, yeah, what was he uh, hopeful of Galway's chances at all, Will? Not really. No. Um, it wasn't just because we were in Dolan's and Limerick when he was making the predictions <laughs> on the roadshow. He actually started off way more bullish on Monday. And then within 48 hours when we get away for a roadshow, he's like, <laughs> yeah, actually, I can't make any point that would see Galway actually win at the weekend. So I think he's accepted the fact that they would have to hurl completely out of their skins. And Limerick would also probably have to be down a few percent on their normal performance. And as Owen mentioned when you were going through the back of the papers, the scary part is that Limerick are getting three players back for this game, including a double hurler of the year in Keen Lynch. So... Um, that's a little bit helpful for John Kiley's side coming into it. Was it a successful night otherwise in Dolan's, Will? Any crack after? Yeah, it's fantastic. I mean, as you can see there, I was obviously kind of middle of the after show party when okay. James Gell came off the chair. I think that was only around 1am. So uh, okay. the fact that Paul Murphy middle. was able to go to the management in the bar and say, hey lads, any chance we could get the CCTV? Because we might be able to use this to actually use against Gell on the pod next week. And the lads were more than happy to give us a running commentary in the background as he videotapes the whatever. I'm assuming it's on some kind of laptop that they were showing the CCTV footage. So uh, they were there. Van Morrison is banned. I think we're across the way at the same time in Dolan. So, Van Morrison? It was a, yeah, it was a bit Found of Found the man himself. Found the man himself what? was there. They were playing um, elsewhere in the city. How dare they go on a gig up against us at the same time, but we ended up in the same place. So, yeah, we had a good, good few points. First time I'd actually met Skell and Murphy in person. 
despite the fact we've right. a podcast now for 19 weeks. So uh, we podge Collins with us, Jamie Wall, Colin Collins came across for a few points. Afterwards, Joe Quaid was just telling stories all night. Mm. Uh, there's a few people joking saying that you needed a stop clock to actually go on Quaid during the roadshow to stop him telling as many anecdotes as he did. And then we're afterwards going, well, you should hear the stories that can't go out for any injury <laughs> at 3am. Um, so yeah, absolutely fantastic. Poor Valerie Wheeler was the one I felt for. Uh, she was up the host on Spin Set West, I think about 40 minutes after we left the Pope uh, to start Oh my God. What, what a trooper to just kind of power through and uh, do the show on fully charged yesterday morning. So what's this? This is like a 5am job. Uh, yeah, it was around about then. I think it was around 4 o'clock when we go back to the hotel, at which point uh, Scahill also used his rather large hands uh, to take as many bottles of water out of the fridge in the hotel as he possibly could. I think he uh, went walking into his room with about 10 bottles of water. And then the unusual part was I got up, went for a quick swim yesterday morning, decided to go for breakfast. Um, I'm kind of on the time clock for this show at the moment, so I was up early enough around half seven, eight o'clock. I put into the WhatsApp to see what the lads were up to. Scale was already back running in Galway at that point. So I think around half eight, nine o'clock yesterday morning. Uh, admittedly, I believe he may well have got sick while going for his run, uh, but he was going for a run at 9am. He got sick during his run. You've just outed him there. I did out him slightly, yeah. Mm. He, he went from like really out. noble to kind of James Scale throwing up after a few pints and falling over I mean it was going so well like he was like balancing pints the night before well that sounds like a, a, an absolutely fantastic a fantastic night uh, Johnny we, we kind of missed out on that it feels yeah 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 where, where did you go for your swim does a swim in the does a pool I, and all in the yeah I'd say probably went into went yeah. literally in the hotel Johnny yeah it was like I wasn't going too far I was ever so slightly hung over yesterday morning so it was like I can manage to take the lift down into the leisure centre the lift back up uh, to get out of Limerick yesterday morning but I'm a lot less tender this morning than I was yesterday admittedly yeah, it's a great uh, hangover cure the old um, swim just yeah. into the water yeah especially after what was it well two and a half hours sleep that is that is good going so that's clearly the, the hottest ticket in town the next hurling road show sounds like uh, the crack um, Will we do have two games to preview uh, we'll get up our graphics for the first game here um, oh sorry our leaderboard our leaderboard uh, Ashling and Tommy in the lead on 79% Will on 75% I'm on 67% which I don't necessarily buy I think they need to be rechecked and Adrian's at the bottom on 65% so Adrian Can getting I relegated get the objection in here on about the fact that Tommy has gone to 79% because clearly whoever has been totting this up has given him a victory for Galway last week that game was a draw that was a draw so that should be null and void mm. and he should be on about 76% I agree wholeheartedly with that sentiment so first game that we're looking ahead to this weekend is is it going to be Limerick it's going to be Kilkenny Clare oh my god this is mad okay well this is bad this is mad this is, this, is, this, is, this, is, this makes me panic now we've all gone for the same outcome here Will uh, everybody's gone for Clare Everybody's gone for Claire to be Kilkenny. This is this just spells bad news. Brian Cody, um, first of all, you're very welcome. You're very welcome to OTBA and Brian Cody. Thanks for uh, tuning in. Uh, you can uh, he will be leaving comments anymore. What is the printer? What is the printer there? Why why are you confident that uh, that Claire will win? Will I'm not a bit confident about Claire winning, but I think they will win. Um, but I don't say that with any confidence whatsoever. Look, remember this is. Kilkenny under Cody 2019 Limerick could not have been hotter of hot favourites we brought it up so many times in Limerick the other night the fact that they targeted that game enjoyed the fact they were coming in slightly under the radar this season you know Kilkenny won a Leinster final at an absolute canter against Galway a few weeks ago and they've had a four week break to be able to just concentrate on this Clare fixture Clare were not particularly good in 57 minutes of their game against 
Wexford last time out. Okay, they were magnificent when the game was in the melting pot in the last 10 minutes or so. Uh, but there are plenty of question marks about that performance, plenty of question marks about the way that Clare uh, were unable to defend high direct ball, which was coming into their full back line. And that is probably what Kilkenny will be targeting going into the game tomorrow. And lest we forget, Kilkenny have never lost to Clare in championship under Brian Cody. 1997 was the last time that Clare beat Kilkenny in the championship. The little caveat to go with that, though, is the last time that these two teams met in the championship, Brian Lowen was on the field for Clare in his mm. last ever game in 2006. So we have to go back that far. I think the one thing as well about Clare, like they've so little experience in Crow Park in recent seasons. They lifted the Lee McCarthy in 2013. They went back for a semi-final there in 2018. And they're the only two championship games that they've played in Crow Park. Like for all of our you know, love of Tony Kelly throughout the year, and he's the big favourite to win Hurler of the Year, he has played twice in Crow Park in nine years. Um, we'll see if he's able to light it up against Kilkenny this weekend. I wonder, I think Mikey Butler is probably the player who's going to be detailed on him most likely in a man-marking job. I don't think it'll be like the Munster final where it was a zone defence that Limerick were using primarily against Tony Kelly or the last day where Rec went across onto Kelly for quite a bit of the game was reasonably effective but then you see the moment where he's on his back like a turtle late in the game and is yet able to pop up and put the ball over the bar so uh, Kilkenny will obviously have to do a serious job on him I don't think Clare are going to be as let's say half-baked as they looked against Wexford for the first hour or so of that game, I think they're going to come to the pitch in the intensity of the game a lot better against Kilkenny. I think this one by one or two points either side, I think Clare will come out on top. I'm expecting a repeat of the Munster final and we get the All-Ireland final later this month, but this is really one where Kilkenny are ready to derail them all the same. The Kilkenny uh, support at this game, will I think the, it'll be interesting because like Kilkenny hurling folk down the years are so used to being in Crow Park, but I think they feel that they've um, they've been written off a bit here, and I think if this game's in the melting pot, the atmosphere, the Kilkenny people will be so behind them, and I, I just wonder mentally, do Clare even have the experience of the cauldron that this is going to be, because Kilkenny people will, will fully believe what 10 minutes ago they're going to win this game. Yeah, Kilkenny always believe they're going to win. That is the kind of great tradition that they've banked up over the years of being the most successful team of all time in hurling. That even when they hit low ebbs, like in 2018, I did not believe that they were going to beat Cork in a quarter final. I did not believe they were going to beat Limerick in the semi final. And the performance they put in 2019 was just absolutely remarkable. And a lot of the same agents are still around for Kilkenny right now. And obviously, like you've got Cody's consistency over the last two plus decades on top of that. Clare will probably outnumber the Kilkenny support, Johnny, I would think. Yeah, but Clare have travelled in, in massive numbers this year they created an unbelievable atmosphere at the Munster final against Limerick I think if you're looking psychologically about what the Clare players will have taken from this season so far is the fact they've been level on three occasions at 70 minutes with Limerick who are the overwhelming favourites to win the All-Ireland Championship and very possibly the best team of their generation definitely the best team I would say this Limerick team since Cody's team of the late zero zeros like and they were probably the best hurling team of all time so and by I contrast, like I, the, I think the the goal, like the Galway support, will say from 2011 onwards up to now, will be massive, massive Galway followings at the semi-finals that they've been at and the finals. I don't think it's going to be there this year. Just that's just my hunch. It's, yeah, and also it's well, the year for them, John. Exactly, yeah. exactly. Yeah, I, I pr- probably think that that's going to be the case. Like, I mean, they would generally say that hurling we get the better support from Galway. Yeah, well, that's that's kind of a generational thing. Like, yeah. it became the I, the, the, Gal- the Galway football, the love of Galway football, definitely abated in some people over the last few years with the defensive style of play and um, the goal just weren't very good they'd be back for the semi-final no question about it yeah they'd be back this year but the the hurlers did take over yeah Uh, second game is Limerick uh, against Galway and no surprises there everybody is going for Limerick what concerns you most uh, about this prediction Will is there anything that concerns you or are you fully sure that this result will materialise 
Um, not particularly concerned. I think I'd agree with Joe Quaid's summation on stage. You can watch the prediction section back on our YouTube and Off the Ball if you want to see um, the thoughts of uh, Joe and uh, Jamie Wall and Podge Collins and the lads from the other night. Is that like this really feels like it's both Limerick's game to lose and Limerick's championship to lose because any question marks that we had about Limerick earlier in the season, whether that be suspensions, whether that be injuries, like there's not too many teams who could have lost their absolute star player and the guy who's so central to how they play in Keane Lynch in the second round of championship and they still go on to reel off a provincial um, without facing too many issues like they were still able to go toe-to-toe with an informed Clare team in that Munster final and they had that little bit of extra depth in extra time to win in Munster they've had a break that break has been good for Limerick because they've won so much in recent years where they've only lost five championship games in the John Kiley regime and only two of them have been knockout hurling both of them against Kilkenny so they don't lose very often in championships so for them I think getting the extra time to get Casey and um, Lynch particularly in contention to come in this weekend the question mark is whether Lynch comes directly back into the team I think he will and all the feelings seem to be in Limerick that he has enough training in his legs over the last few weeks to just slot right back into the side so then on top of all the excellent play they've had and players stepping up like Flanagan the last day with eight points Dermot Burns with his scoring this year I think Galan has looked better this year than he looked last year he's looked absolutely lethal in front of goal and then you add in the guy who pulls all the strings in Keane Lynch you're taking out Carl O'Neill which gives a remarkable option to come in from the bench there's just something about that Limerick system that just keeps ticking over. And I think they're a better team now than when they lost that championship game three years ago. I think they're a much more polished team. They've got three more years of experience in them. They've won the last two close games that they played against Galway, which were pretty tight. Um, I heard you guys talking about earlier in 2020 where you know, the injuries to Mannion and Canning were mm. pretty crucial in that semi-final Massive. in the COVID year um, because Galway had a decent run on them. And Galway played really well, as we recall, in what we may as well call the first quarter before the water break. Mm. In. And then Kinnerk and his uh, whiteboard came out at that stage and Limerick seemed to blitz them in what we call the second quarter and Limerick had a little bit too much in the second half and in 2018 that was an All-Ireland final where you know, everyone in Limerick was clenching at the end of the game while Joe Canning was sending in a late free and they just about managed to get that ball clear and get over the line to win their first All-Ireland title since the 1970s so the last two fixtures between Galway and Limerick have been very tight I'm just not so sure where Galway are at Well I mean, you see if, if, if you look at the, the forwards like if, if obviously if, 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 if Con- Conor Whelan was half shackled against Kilkenny and then just Galway just faded out of the game maybe, maybe Cahill Mannion had has to have a massive, massive day as well. The, the aforementioned Carl Mannion, maybe we've some sort of chance. For me, Will, it looks like we've too many six or seven out of ten players that you just can't bank on performing at this level. Yeah, it's a fair point. I mean, like that Limerick defence particularly, like all-stars across the board effectively, are not going to create uh, or allow as much space to be created for Galway as Cork maybe afforded them at different stages during the game. And bear in mind as well, we were watching the game on TV together that day. Like the freak goal starts everything off from Grealish, for, um, which gives Galway an absolutely perfect start in the game. And Cork would be disappointed with the concession of that second goal too. Like to beat Limerick, given that Limerick are going to consistently hit somewhere between 28 and 32 points, you can set your watch to that over the last five, six years. Galway are probably going to have to I think bang in two or three goals so you're going to have, probably have a, a generational performance from Conor Whelan maybe Conor Cooney stepping up as well as you say Mannion I think is a magnificent hurler will have to really come into it but you're doing that against such a good Limerick defence where also Galway cannot afford to be as leaky as they were against Cork like Aina Murphy had an incredible game probably his best performance for Galway that day because he was remarkably busy Cork had so many goal chances uh, they hit so many wides in the first half too Limerick will not allow you away with that so I think if Galway are to have any chance Limerick are going to have to be off it a little bit and Limerick have been off it a whole lot in the last five, six years. Will, very quickly before we wrap, will Offaly get the job done in the minors? 
I don't know. I mean, I haven't watched both semi-finals, and I rewatched the uh, game between Tipperary and Galway last week because it was just such a good game. Before we did the hurling pod, it was very different to the game that Offaly played against Clare, which was a little bit more defensive. And Offaly are actually very well structured at the back. I don't think they will allow Tipperary to get as many chances to score, like you know, three twenty, like they did against Galway in the second of the semi-finals in Limerick. But it's just going to be an unbelievable occasion, lads. Yeah, how Nolan many? Park how many are going to be in Nolan out. Park actually? So it's sold out as of last night. Oh, wow. So 27,000 is gone. I have some concerns. Now, the GA and Kilkenny GA have been reassuring people that they've left 25% of the stands for under 16. So under 16s don't need tickets to go. But I would think, particularly when it comes to minors at 17 years of age, more than one in four people through the gate at the weekend are likely to be under 16. So mm-hmm. I really hope that there's not a huge rush of people turning up without tickets because you don't need them if you're under 16. And already the ground has been officially sold out at this point. So okay. it's going to be a bumper crowd. I think it's very mm-hmm. unlikely that everyone's going to be in the ground for half past one for this game between Tipperary and off lead. It was good fun actually coming back from Limerick yesterday and coming up through North Tipperary on the way home. I was in Ross Grey and just give a shout out to Brendan's Bar in Ross Grey because they've invited me across because I tweeted about them. They had half and half Offaly and Tipperary flags up which I couldn't believe inside the Tipperary border and they had a crest for both counties on their front door and I was thinking what is this? Turns out that Brendan, the guy who runs the bar he is from Offaly. He's married to a Tipperary woman. They're just inside the border in Ross Grey in the middle of the town and they said I have to come over for a pint after the final. It's paid off so, just got a mention on OTB. Yeah, they did. I will. I will duly oblige that because I thought it was good fun. I had to do a double take when I came through because once I got over the border and went through Coolary and went into Burr to my parents' house at home, um, it was just like Offaly flags across the board. And again, we yeah. live on the Tipperary border, but in Ross Grey there is a bit of a, an Offaly um, outpost which is there inside the middle of the town, which is quite funny to see yesterday. It is the Barack Obama Plaza Derby. Will enjoy it. Hope if Tipperary uh, win, they can have money gall back. They can have money gall back. We can have some parts that we like in Tipperary. Good stuff. That's this week's quick picks. I absolutely adore them lads. I have unbelievable time from, but they're, they're a great bunch. But it's not acceptable. OTB AM with Gillette. Get into your flow with the new Gillette Labs Razor with exfoliating bar. 